0: chapter seven of grace harlowe's first year at overton college by Jessie graham flower this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven grace takes matters into her own hands we have had what might be considered by some people a momentous evening remarked grace as anne pierson walked into their room shortly before ten o'clock having left the now almost cheerful Elfreda to the good-natured ministrations of miriam "'Grace had said good-night and returned to her own room for a few more minutes of silent devotion to Livy. "'What happened?' asked Anne as she hung up her wraps, took down her kimono, and prepared to be comfortable. "'What might be expected?' returned Grace, and briefly recounted what had transpired in Miriam's room. "'Wasn't it nice of Miriam to make a fuss over her, though?' said Anne warmly. "'Yes, of course, but it isn't Miriam's amiability that I'm thinking about at present.' "'It's what we'd better do to straighten out this mess for Alfreda, said Grace anxiously. "'I felt glad when I came to Overton that I did not have to worry about anyone but myself, "'and now I'm confronted with Alfreda's troubles. "'I think it would be best to see Miss Ash first, agreed Anne after a brief silence. "'That settles it, then. I'll go. Tell me about your new freshman friend, Anne.' "'She's a very nice girl,' Anne replied, "'and has lots of the right kinds of courage.' She lives in a big, bare room in the top of an old house, clear down at the other end of the town, and the way she has made that room over to suit her needs is really wonderful. She has one corner of it curtained off for her kitchen, and has a cupboard for her dishes, what there are of them. She cooks her meals over a little two-burner gas stove, and does her own washing and ironing. Every spare moment she has she devotes to doing mending. She does it beautifully, too. Ever so many girls have given her their silk stockings and lingerie waists to darn. Poor little thing, mused Grace. I suppose she never has a minute to play. I don't see how she manages to do all that work and study, too. I wish we could do something to help her. I don't know what we could do, returned Anne thoughtfully. I imagine she wouldn't accept help. She strikes me as being one of the kind who would rather die than allow her friends to pay her way. There must be some way, Grace said speculatively, and some day we'll find it out.' "'Sometimes I feel as though I had earned my college money too easily,' confessed Anne. "'The work I did on the stage wasn't work at all. It was pure pleasure. "'Ruth Denton's work is the hardest kind of drudgery.' "'But think how hard you worked to win the scholarship,' reminded Grace. "'That was work I loved too,' replied Anne, shaking her head deprecatingly over her own good fortune. "'Never mind,' laughed Grace. "'Just think of how hard you might have had to work if you hadn't been a genius, "'and that will comfort you a little.' "'Grace, you are too ridiculous,' protested Anne, flushing deeply. "'Anne, you are entirely too modest,' retorted Grace. "'Come on, little Miss Nonentity. let's go to bed, "'or I won't get up early enough tomorrow morning to see Mabel Ash before my first recitation. "'All right, on, Anne. "'Tomorrow night I must stay in the house and write letters. "'I've owed David a letter for a week. "'I wonder why Nora and Jessica don't write. "'They promised to write first, you know,' said Grace." If we don't hear from them by saturday we'd better send them a postcard to hurry them up let's go down to that little stationers shop tomorrow and see what they have i must find one that will suit hippies peculiar style of beauty laughing and chatting of things that had happened at home a subject of which they never tired grace and anne prepared for bed the next morning anne woke first glancing at the little clock on the chiffonia she exclaimed in dismay they had overslept "'and there was barely time to dress and eat before chapel. "'Oh, dear,' lamented Grace, "'as she slipped into her one-piece gown of pink linen. "'Now I can't go to see Mabel until after luncheon. "'How provoking!' "'But it was still more provoking to find, "'when she called at Holland House, late that afternoon, "'that Mabel Ash had made a dinner engagement "'with several seniors and had just left the house. "'What had I better do about it?' Grace asked herself. "'Shall I put it off until to-morrow, "'or shall I take matters into my own hands?' It's only four days now until the reception, and those girls may do a great deal of talking during that time. She paused on the steps of Holland House and looked across the campus toward Stuart Hall. I'm sure I heard someone say that both Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton live there, Grace reflected. I don't like to do it, but it's the only thing I can think of to do. Squaring her shoulders, Grace crossed the campus, a look of determination on her fine face. Mounting the steps of Stuart Hall, she deliberately rang the bell. "'Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton were both in,' the maid stated, "'ushering Grace into the big, attractively furnished living room. "'A moment later there was a scurry of footsteps on the stairs, "'and Alberta Wicks, followed by Mary Hampton, entered the room. "'Grace rose from her chair to greet them. "'Good afternoon,' she said pleasantly. "'I shall have to introduce myself. "'I am Grace Harlow of the freshman class. "'I saw you at the dance the other night, but did not meet you.' "'How do you do?' returned Alberta Wicks in a bored tone. "'while the other girl nodded indifferently. "'I remember your face, I think. "'I'm not sure. "'There was an army of freshmen at the dance, "'the largest entering class for a number of years, I understand. "'Freshmen are perhaps not important enough "'to be remembered,' returned Grace, smiling faintly. "'Then deciding that there was nothing to be gained "'by beating about the bush, she said earnestly, "'I hope you will not think me meddlesome or presuming, "'but I came here this afternoon to talk with you "'about something that concerns a member of the freshman class. "'I refer to Miss Briggs.' "'whom I am quite certain you know. "'Miss Briggs repeated Alberta Wicks meditatively. "'Let me see. I think we met her. "'The day she came to college supplemented Grace. "'How did you know that was the sharp question? "'I saw you and Miss Hampton when you approached her, "'and also when you walked away from the station with her,' Grace said quietly. "'Miss Briggs rode part of the way on the train with us to Overton.' "'A deep flush rose to the faces of both young women at Grace's indisputable statement.' "'There was an uncomfortable silence. "'I know also,' continued Grace, "'that you conducted her to the county courthouse "'instead of the registrar's office, "'and left her to find out the truth as best she might. "'Really,' sneered Alberta, "'you seem to be extremely well informed "'as to what took place. "'It is quite evident that Miss Briggs "'published the news broadcast. "'She did nothing of the sort,' retorted Grace coldly. "'She did tell my roommate and me, "'and I regret to say that she also told the registrar.' "'but now she realises her mistake in doing so. "'Her realisation comes entirely too late,' was the sarcastic reply. "'She should have thought things over before going to the registrar with anything so silly. "'Ah, ejaculated Grace! "'I am glad to hear you admit that the trick you played was silly. "'To my mind it was both senseless and unkind. "'However, I did not come here today to discuss the ethics of the affair. "'Miss Briggs has received a note forbidding her attendance at the sophomore reception "'and advising her to leave Overton.' It is signed sophomore class. It states her betrayal of two sophomores to the registrar as the cause of its origin. What I wish to ask you is whether the sophomores have really taken action in this manner, or whether you wrote this note in order to frighten Miss Briggs into leaving college. I do not admit your right to interfere, and I shall certainly not answer your question, Miss Harlowe. You are decidedly impertinent to say the least, replied Alberta in a tone of suppressed anger. I cannot understand why you should take such an unprecedented interest in Miss Briggs's affairs, and I shall tell you nothing. Very well, said Grace composedly, I see that I shall have to go to each member of the sophomore class in turn in order to find out the truth. I cannot believe that these girls are so lacking in college spirit as to ostracise a newcomer, even though she did act unwisely. You would not dare to do it, exclaimed Mary Hampton excitedly. She had hitherto taken no part in the conversation why not Asked grace i am determined to go to the root of this matter but don't intend miss briggs shall leave the college or be sent to coventry either she has acted hastily but she will live it down that is unless word of it has travelled too far even so i hardly think that she will leave college i am sorry that we have failed to come to an understanding grace walked proudly toward the door inwardly she was deeply disappointed at having failed but she gave no sign of feeling her defeat Come back, commanded Alberta wicks harshly, as Grace stood with her hand on the doorknob. Grace turned and walked toward them. Her face gave no sign of her surprise. Do you really intend to take up this affair with every member of the sophomore class, demanded Alberta, eyeing Grace sharply. There was a faint note of dismay in her voice, despite her attempt to appear unconcerned. Yes, answered Grace firmly. The only alternative would be to take it to the faculty, and that is not to be thought of, "'I shall make a personal appeal to each sophomore for Miss Briggs. "'Then I suppose rather than bring down a hornet's nest about our ears, "'we might as well tell you that the majority of the class know nothing of this. "'A number of sophomores, with a view to the good of the college, "'decided themselves to be justified in sending the letter to Miss Briggs. "'We do not wish young women of her type at Overton, "'and Miss Briggs will do well to go elsewhere. "'She will never be happy at Overton.' "'Is that a threat?' asked Grace quickly. Alberta Millie shrugged her shoulders in answer to Grace's question. You may call it what you please, remarked Mary Hampton, suddenly. Thank you, said Grace gravely. I think I have a fair idea of the situation. I believe I know too, just how many sophomores were concerned in the writing of the letter, and I'm sure that their adverse opinion will neither make nor mar Miss Brooks. Good afternoon. With this Grace walked serenely out of the house, leaving behind her two discomfited and ignominiously defeated young women do you believe she would have kept her word and put the matter before the class asked mary hampton after grace had gone yes responded alberta frowning she wouldn't have hesitated she meant what she said she is one of those tiresome persons who is forever advocating fair play she only does it as a pose she imagines i suppose that it will attract the attention of the upper-class girls i should like to teach her a lesson in humility but it is dangerous for with all her fault she is by no means stupid Unless we were very careful, we would be quite likely to come to grief. End of chapter 7